Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Hello. Thank you for joining us for the Friday, September 15th, 2023 reading of the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. On today's program, COVID's Effects on Your Heart from the New York Times and Icky Eye Infections and How to Avoid Them from Prevention. Plus, Chlorella, Are There Benefits from WebMD? And more, time permitting. Here's our first report. COVID's Effects on Your Heart. Three years into the pandemic, both short- and long-term risks are becoming more clear by Dana G. Smith from the New York Times. During the first two years of the pandemic, from March 2020 to March 2022, there were approximately 90,000 more deaths in the United States attributed to cardiovascular disease than were expected for that span of time. A majority of these occurred in people 65 and older, the age group with the highest risk for cardiovascular complications. But heart-related deaths also increased dramatically in younger adults. In fact, a study found that the sharpest rise in deaths from heart attack during that period occurred in 25 to 44-year-olds. Some of these cardiovascular-related fatalities may have happened because it was harder to access medical care during the height of the pandemic. But physicians and researchers now have little doubt that COVID-19 itself was a factor. In addition to the complications that can occur during the acute phase of a COVID infection, there appears to be an increased risk of heart attacks, strokes, and other problems up to a year after an infection. Experts are now trying to understand why. There's a very unique connection between this virus and the cardiovascular system, said Dr. Susan Cheng, the chair of cardiovascular health and population science at Cedars-Sinai, who led the study on heart attack deaths. What is that connection? That's the million-dollar question, she said. Cardiologists' leading theory for how COVID damages the heart and causes cardiovascular events is that it stimulates widespread inflammation. We know that inflammation itself increases our cardiovascular risk, said Dr. Luke Laffin, a cardiologist and co-director of the Center for Blood Pressure Disorders at the Cleveland Clinic. We know that infectious diseases, particularly severe COVID-19 infections, lead to inflammation. So could that be the mechanism by which there's increased risk? Maybe, he said. Part of the immune system's response to infection or injury is to release proteins that cause inflammation and blood clotting. For people who have plaque built up in their arteries, the inflammation can cause that plaque to break apart, creating a blood clot and causing a heart attack or stroke. Because of this, experts say that people who already have plaque in their arteries, like many smokers and those with high blood pressure and cholesterol, also have the greatest risk of a COVID-induced heart attack. In some cases, these proteins can cause a clot to form even without pre-existing plaque. If enough inflammation occurs in the blood vessels, irritating the cells there, a clot can form spontaneously, Dr. Chang said. That's how a young person with no plaque can still have a heart attack in the right conditions, she added. The potential for cardiovascular complications doesn't go away after someone has recovered from COVID. 
A large 2022 study tracking medical records of more than 691,000 patients in the U.S. found that people had a significantly higher risk of developing virtually all heart-related diseases in the year after a COVID infection. According to the research, people were 1.5 times more likely to have a stroke, nearly twice as likely to have a heart attack, and had between 1.6 and 2.4 times the risk of developing different types of arrhythmias. Early on, we saw the impact on the cardiovascular system during COVID illness, said Dr. Helene Glassberg, a cardiologist and associate professor of clinical medicine at the University of Pennsylvania, Perelman School of Medicine, who was not part of the study. But now we're seeing the long-term consequences in people who've had prior COVID, she said. Some of these conditions may be caused by the lingering effects of the infection. Others may develop because COVID is also associated with the onset of risk factors for heart disease, most notably hypertension. One recent study found that nearly 21 percent of people who were hospitalized for a COVID infection and close to 11 percent of people who had a milder infection and were not hospitalized went on to develop high blood pressure in the following months. Experts don't exactly know how COVID leads to hypertension. There may be something biological going on, but the general stress of the pandemic has probably also played a role, Dr. Laffin said. Research has shown that people who are vaccinated are roughly 40 to 60 percent less likely to have a heart attack or stroke after a COVID infection than those who are unvaccinated. This may be because vaccinated people are less likely to develop severe COVID, which in turn lowers the risk of many of these heart-related issues. Or the vaccine may help protect the cardiovascular system itself by reducing the inflammatory effects of COVID, for example. There is a small risk of developing myocarditis, or inflammation of the heart muscle, in the weeks after getting an mRNA COVID vaccine made by Pfizer-BioNTech or Moderna. However, the risk of myocarditis after having COVID is much higher. A study by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported that males ages 12 to 29 who have the greatest risk of vaccine complications were four to eight times more likely to develop myocarditis after a COVID infection than in the three weeks after receiving a dose of the vaccine. For males 30 and older, the risk of myocarditis was 28 times higher from COVID than from the vaccine. While it's important to understand that this vaccine-related event is real, Dr. Glassberg said, the risk to your heart is much greater from COVID than from vaccine, she said. If you had COVID recently and are experiencing any cardiovascular symptoms like chest pain or shortness of breath, or if you're at an increased risk for heart disease, you should tell your doctor. I ask all my patients when I see them, have you had COVID since our last visit, Dr. Glassberg said. My antennas are up on those folks. I'm looking at their blood pressure a little more. I'm making sure I'm aggressively controlling their cholesterol, she said. If you don't have any risk factors and aren't experiencing any symptoms, you can just tell your doctor that you had COVID at your next annual checkup. In the meantime, be sure to practice heart-healthy behaviors like exercising regularly and eating well. Up next icky eye infections, and how to avoid them. The windows to our souls sometimes get swollen, itchy, and caked with crust. Here's how to keep them healthy and clear. By Marissa Cohen from Prevention. Given how important our eyes are, we don't exactly treat them with reverence. 
We rub them, stick little pieces of plastic on our corneas to avoid glasses, and use mascara that we may or may not have had since the Obama administration. Eyes are a mucous membrane, and they're constantly bombarded with things from the environment: irritants, allergens, and dirty fingers, says ophthalmologist Daniel C. Brox, M.D., medical director at Boston Sight. This, of course, can lead to many problems, specifically infections of the eye. Fortunately, most are very treatable, says Melissa Barnett, O.D., director of optometry at the University of California, Davis. But it's important to get symptoms such as redness, itching, burning, pain, tearing, and discharge checked and treated properly, so an infection won't get worse and potentially threaten your vision. A lot of these things may seem like pink eye, a common infection of the membrane that lines the eyelid and eyeball, but they can actually be something deeper, says ophthalmologist Ami Shavira, M.D. of Texas Neuro Eye and Plastic Surgery. Risky move: wearing contact lenses longer than you should. It can cause bacterial keratitis. We get it. Sometimes you're in bed watching the Late Show, and the next thing you know, you're waking up at 8 a.m. with your contacts stuck hard to your eyeballs. It's estimated that around a third of contact users occasionally sleep in them, but this ocular no-no significantly increases the risk of serious infection. A few lens types are approved for overnight wear, but most ophthalmologists do not prescribe them because of concerns about infection, says Dr. Brox. When I see someone with an eye infection, the first thing I ask is, "Are you sleeping with your lenses in?" The answer is almost always yes, says Dr. Brox. According to the CDC, sleeping in soft lenses increases the risk of infection as much as eightfold, comparing with taking them out before bed. Here's why: if you're not disinfecting your contacts properly, bacteria and fungi can accumulate on them. While you sleep with your eyes closed, trapping those microbes, infection can take root. Also, sleeping in your contacts reduces the amount of oxygen that can reach your corneas, which need oxygen to be healthy, explains Dr. Brox. One of the biggest risks of sleeping in contacts is keratitis, an infection of the cornea that can be caused by a virus, bacteria, fungus, or parasites. Treatments include medicated eye drops. Antibiotic, antiviral, or antifungal, depending on the type of infection. What it feels like: symptoms of keratitis include red eyes, tearing, intense pain, clouding of vision, and sensitivity to light. When the cornea becomes infected, it can develop an ulcer, an open sore that can scar over. Explains Dr. Shavira. Corneal infections can lead to the need for a cornea transplant, and in the worst-case scenario, can result in permanent vision loss or even loss of the eye. Eyewise behavior: Always use your contacts exactly as recommended, which in almost all cases means taking them out at night and disinfecting them. Also, make sure everything that comes in contact with your lenses, including your fingers, the lens case, and the bottle of cleaning solution, is clean. Never use tap water to clean lenses, as it can contain an amoeba that can cause a particularly dangerous form of keratitis. Don't wear contacts when sick, as handling them can spread a virus to your eyes. And give yourself an occasional lens holiday so your corneas can get some extra oxygen, says Dr. Shavira. Daily disposable lenses are safest, as you are getting a new clean lens every day, says Dr. Brox. Risky move. 
using lots of goopy eye makeup. It can cause blepharitis. That TikTok tutorial may tell you the best way to create flirty, colorful eyes, but it probably doesn't mention the infection that can happen when the little oil ducts on the edges of your eyelids get clogged up with eyelash glue, old mascara, and glittery shadow. Eye makeup can harm your eyes in a couple of different ways. When that mascara or liquid liner sits around past its use-by date, it starts to accumulate bacteria, which gets transferred into your eye as you swipe it on. This can cause conjunctivitis, or pink eye, and styes, those painful pimple-like bumps on your eyelid. But it can also clog up the oil ducts, causing blepharitis, a bacterial inflammation of the lids. When you wear eyeliner, mascara, or fake eyelashes, you're sticking things along the base of the eyelash that can create a blockage, explains Dr. Shavira, noting that oil-based sunscreen can also block the glands. To be fair, blepharitis can't always be blamed on makeup. You may just have a natural overgrowth of bacteria on your skin or dandruff from your scalp or eyebrows might clog up those glands. There is even a rare type of blepharitis caused by tiny mites that live in eyelashes. Lovely. What it feels like. Blepharitis can make you feel as if there's something in your eye. Your eye may also be itchy, irritated, and filled with gunk, especially when you wake up. The inflammation can cause blurry vision, and it may make your lashes fall out. Eyewise behavior. Replace liquid makeup every three months and clean your eyelids every day by pressing a warm compress to them in the shower. You can also buy eyelid scrubs, pads that remove makeup and bacteria from your lids. Risky move. Ignoring your dry eyes. It can cause corneal infections and ulcers. If you spend a lot of time staring at a computer, have diabetes, or some autoimmune diseases, or take certain medications, or if you're simply a woman in midlife, you may be one of the more than 16 million Americans with dry eye disease. We have this tear film that contains thousands of proteins that protect the eye and prevent infection whenever we blink. Dr. Barnett explains, but when oil production is insufficient, not only does it leave your eyes feeling dry and dusty, but there aren't enough oil-based tears to wash away irritants and bacteria. Staring at screens can decrease blinking frequency, which further reduces the moisture level of the ocular surface, Dr. Barnett adds. While dry eyes are uncomfortable, the greater risk is that when you rub them more, you may introduce anything you've touched into your eyes. That's why untreated dry eyes can lead to bacterial infections, inflammation, abrasion of the corneal surface, corneal ulcers, and even vision loss. What it feels like. Dry eyes feel itchy and gritty, especially later in the day, and may produce mucus and be sensitive to light. With a corneal ulcer, your eyes will look bloodshot and vision may be blurry or hazy. Eyewise behavior. Take breaks from screens every 20 minutes and use preservative-free artificial tears. Dr. Brox recommends using one-dose vials. Your doc can also prescribe medicated eye drops or a nasal spray that will help you produce better quality tears. Tear gland procedural treatments are available as well. Not sure? Goggle it. We recommend wearing protective eyewear if you're doing anything where there's a lot of debris flying around, says Dr. Brox. That's because a little cut in your eye can let in bacteria, leading to infection. 
ask your eye doc which goggles they recommend. Eye-threatening activities can include yard work, DIY home improvements, tinkering with a car, riding a motorcycle, sanding or welding, and playing sports. Up next, chlorella. Are there health benefits? Medically reviewed by Christine Mixtas, RD, LD, and by WebMD. Chlorella is a nutrient-dense freshwater algae. It's a close cousin to the saltwater-sourced spirulina. Researchers first studied chlorella after World War II as a potential protein option for a growing global population. It has higher levels of vitamins and minerals than spirulina and is a better source of healthy fats like omega-3s. But it was never produced on this mass scale due to manufacturing concerns and improved crop efficiency. Still, scientists continue to research its potential as a health-boosting superfood. Chlorella is available in a dark green powder, capsule, or extract form at many health food stores. You can take it as a supplement or add it to smoothies, juices, and many sweet or savory recipes. Chlorella is a good source of vitamin A, zinc, iron, phosphorus, magnesium. It's also an excellent source of B vitamins, including riboflavin, thiamine, and folate. These vitamins help your body convert food to energy, support brain health, and may reduce the risk of some types of cancer. Potential Health Benefits of Chlorella Chlorella is packed full of nutrients. Depending on its source, it typically contains about 50 to 60 percent complete protein with all nine essential amino acids. This makes it a great option for people on a plant-based diet or anyone who needs a protein boost. In addition, chlorella may offer health benefits, including the following. It clears harmful toxins. Our bodies are exposed to toxins like heavy metals through diet, lifestyle, and environmental factors such as pollution. While considered safe in small amounts, high levels can lead to health issues like illness or organ damage. Research has found that chlorella can bind to these heavy metals, flushing them from your system before being absorbed by your body. Heart support. Studies show that the nutrients in chlorella help lower bad or LDL cholesterol and triglycerides, both of which can cause buildup in your arteries and strain on the heart. Chlorella's fatty acids and minerals like potassium also decrease blood vessel stiffness. This improves the function of blood vessels and lowers blood pressure. Maintaining good cholesterol, blood pressure, and blood vessels reduces your risk of developing heart disease. Reduced risk of chronic illnesses. Chlorella contains violexanthin, an antioxidant found in leafy greens that studies show can reduce inflammation. Additional research points to other antioxidants in chlorella, like lycopene, that contribute to this effect. According to the World Health Organization, chronic inflammation can lead to diabetes, heart disease, gastrointestinal disorders, and arthritis. Inflammation is the leading cause of death in the world. Chlorella also contains a wide range of antioxidants such as omega-3s, vitamin C, and carotenoids like beta-carotene and lutein. These nutrients fight cell damage in our bodies and help reduce your risk of diabetes, cognitive disease, heart problems, and cancer. Immune system support. The antioxidants and other nutrients in chlorella have shown antibacterial, antiviral, and anti-tumor properties. 
In clinical studies, chlorella increased white blood cell levels, which can stimulate your immune system and help fight infection. Respiratory health. Chlorella's anti-inflammatory effects may help manage respiratory conditions like asthma or chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD. Studies show it reduces symptoms including coughing, wheezing, or shortness of breath. Chlorella may promote better lung function and endurance as well. While more research is needed, one study found it improved lung oxygen levels. This allows for better oxygen delivery around your body and may promote aerobic endurance. Potential risks of chlorella. As a nutritional supplement, chlorella is not well regulated by agencies like the U.S. Food and Drug Administration or FDA. Because of this, nutritional content can be inconsistent across products sold. Make sure to go with a reliable brand and talk to your doctor before adding chlorella to your diet. It's considered safe for most people, but chlorella may have health risks, including stomach problems. Chlorella may cause nausea, gas, or diarrhea for some people. Consult your doctor before taking it and add it slowly to your diet. Allergies. Some people have an allergy to algae, like spirulina and chlorella. While rare, this can lead to breathing problems or anaphylaxis. Pregnancy concerns. There's a lack of research to confirm if chlorella is safe for pregnant or breastfeeding women. However, one study concluded that it's not expected to cause any significant problems for mothers and their infants. Medical interactions. Because chlorella may stimulate the immune system, it can reduce the effectiveness of immunosuppressant medications. Due to its high vitamin K content, a nutrient that promotes healthy blood clotting, chlorella can also interact with blood thinners. Up next, what's up with yawning when you're bored? You're trying to look alert and engaged in that endless meeting, but your face gives you away. By Kayla Blanton from Prevention. Your boss is droning on about new company policies when all of a sudden your mouth goes wide and you let out an involuntary sigh. It's embarrassing but normal. You've been yawning since you were in utero, says Matthew D. Epstein, M.D., Associate Medical Director of the Atlantic Health Sleep Centers in New Jersey, who points out that other mammals and even birds yawn too. Why does it happen when I'm bored? A yawn can be the body's way of saying, wake up. The boredom connection is really more of a sleepiness connection, says Karen D. Sullivan, Ph.D., a neuropsychologist in North Carolina. It happens when we're not engaged with something in our environment and the brain is transitioning towards sleep, she says. Studies have found that yawning boosts arousal and may promote circulation. In the five seconds it takes to yawn, you're seeing an increase not only in oxygen, but also in other things that contribute to increased circulation, like heart rate and skin sensitivity, explains Sullivan, who compares a yawn to a hit of caffeine. Yawning serves other functions, too. Some research suggests that the inhalation of air helps cool the brain. Plus, the opening of the airway as you yawn may improve respiratory function. The airway is never otherwise as wide as it is during the five-second peak of a yawn, Sullivan explains. How to stop an oncoming yawn. Yawning is involuntary. It's triggered by the same part of the brain as sneezing, Sullivan says. 
The difference is, if you feel a yawn coming on, you can consciously stifle it by keeping your mouth closed, Sullivan adds. Taking a sip of cold water can also help. When a yawn is a sign of something else. Your yawning is usually no cause for concern and likely just indicates drowsiness. However, in some cases, when excessive yawns are accompanied by other symptoms, they can flag something more serious, like vasovagal syncope, a sudden drop in blood pressure and heart rate that leads to fainting, or even a neurological condition such as epilepsy or multiple sclerosis. Yawning may also be a side effect of some SSRI antidepressants. Thank you for joining us for the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.